section twenty four of curiosities of literature volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org curiosities of literature volume three by isaac disraeli the book of death montaigne was fond of reading minute accounts of the deaths of remarkable persons and in the simplicity of his heart old montaigne wished to be learned enough to form a collection of these deaths to observe their words their actions and what sort of countenance they put upon it he seems to have been a little over curious about deaths in reference no doubt to his own in which he was certainly deceived for we are told that he did not die as he had promised himself expiring in the adoration of the mass or as his preceptor buchanan would have called it in the act of rank idolatry i have been told of a privately printed volume under the singular title of the book of death where an amateur has compiled the pious memorials of many of our eminent men in their last moments and it may form a companion piece to the little volume on les grands dames qui sont morts en plaisantant this work i fear must be monotonous the deaths of the righteous must resemble each other the learned and the eloquent can only receive in silence that hope which awaits the covenant of the grave but this volume will not establish any decisive principle since the just and the religious have not always encountered death with indifference nor even in a fit composure of mind the functions of the mind are connected with those of the body on a death-bed a fortnight's disease may reduce the firmest to a most wretched state while on the contrary the soul struggles as it were in torture in a robust frame nani the venetian historian has curiously described the death of innocent the tenth who was a character unblemished by vices and who died at an advanced age with too robust a constitution dopo lunga e terribile agonia con dolore e con pena superandosi l'anima da quel corpo robusto e gli spirai sette di genero nel attentissimo primo du su oi anno after a long and terrible agony with great bodily pain and difficulty his soul separated itself from that robust frame and expired in his eighty-first year some have composed sermons on death while they passed many years of anxiety approaching to madness in contemplating their own the certainty of an immediate separation from all our human sympathies may even on a deathbed suddenly disorder the imagination the great physician of our times told me of a general who had often faced the cannon's mouth dropping down in terror when informed by him that his disease was rapid and fatal some have died of the strong imagination of death there is a print of a knight brought on the scaffold to suffer he viewed the headsman he was blinded and knelt down to receive the stroke having passed through the whole ceremony of a criminal execution accompanied by all its disgrace it was ordered that his life should be spared instead of the stroke from the sword they poured cold water over his neck 
after this operation the knight remained motionless they discovered that he had expired in the very imagination of death such are among the many causes which may affect the mind in the hour of its last trial the habitual associations of the natural character are most likely to prevail though not always the intrepid marshal beuron disgraced his exit by womanish tears and raging imbecility the virtuous erasmus with miserable groans was heard crying out domine domine fac finem fac finem bayle having prepared his proof for the printer pointed to where it lay when dying the last words which lord chesterfield was heard to speak were when the valet opening the curtains of the bed announced mr de rolles give de rolles a chair this good breeding observed the late dr warren his physician only quits him with his life the last words of nelson were tell collingwood to bring the fleet to an anchor the tranquil grandeur which cast a new majesty over charles i on the scaffold appeared when he declared i fear not death death is not terrible to me and the characteristic pleasantry of sir thomas more exhilarated his last moments when observing the weakness of the scaffold he said in mounting it i pray you see me up safe and for my coming down let me shift for myself sir walter raleigh passed a similar jest when going to the scaffold footnote to these may be added queen anne boleyn kingston the lieutenant of the tower in a letter to cromwell records that she remarked of her own execution i heard say the executioner was very good and i have a little neck and she put her hands about it laughing heartily truly this lady has much joy and pleasure in death End of footnote my ingenious friend dr sherwin has furnished me with the following anecdotes of death in one of the bloody battles fought by the duke d'enghien two french noblemen were left wounded among the dead on the field of battle one complained loudly of his pains the other after long silence thus offered him consolation my friend whoever you are remember that our god died on the cross our king on the scaffold and if you have strength to look at him who now speaks to you you will see that both his legs are shot away at the murder of the duke d'aiguin the royal victim looking at the soldiers who had pointed their fusees said grenadier lower your arms otherwise you will miss or only wound me to two of them who proposed to tie a handkerchief over his eyes he said a loyal soldier who has been so often exposed to fire and sword can see the approach of death with naked eyes and without fear after a similar caution on the part of sir george leasel or sir charles lucas when murdered in nearly the same manner at colchester by the soldiers of fairfax the loyal hero in answer to their assertions and assurances that they would take care not to miss him nobly replied you have often missed me when i have been nearer to you in the field of battle when the governor of cadiz the marquis de solano was murdered by the enraged and mistaken citizens to one of his murderers who had run a pike through his back he calmly turned round and said coward to strike there 
come round if you dare face and destroy me abernathy in his physiological lectures has ingeniously observed that shakespeare has represented mercutio continuing to jest though conscious that he was mortally wounded the expiring hotspur thinking of nothing but honour and the dying falstaff still cracking his jests upon bardolph's nose if such facts were duly attended to they would prompt us to make a more liberal allowance for each other's conduct under certain circumstances than we are accustomed to do the truth seems to be that whenever the functions of the mind are not disturbed by the nervous functions of the digestive organs the personal character predominates even in death and its habitual associations exist to its last moments many religious persons may have died without showing in their last moments any of those exterior acts or employing those fervent expressions which the collector of the book of death would only deign to chronicle their hope is not gathered in their last hour yet many have delighted to taste of death long before they have died and have placed before their eyes all the furniture of mortality the horrors of a charnel house is the scene of their pleasure the midnight meditations of quarrels preceded young's night thoughts by a century and both these poets loved preternatural terror if i must die i'll snatch at everything that may but mind me of my latest breath death's heads graves knells blacks footnote blacks was the term for mourning in james i and charles i's time end of footnote tombs all these shall bring into my soul such useful thoughts of death that the sable king of fierce shall not catch me unawares quarrels but it may be doubtful whether the thoughts of death are useful whenever they put a man out of the possession of his faculties young pursued the scheme of quarrels he raised about him an artificial emotion of death he darkened his sepulchral study placing a skull on his table by lamplight as dr Dunn had his portrait taken first winding a sheet over his head and closing his eyes keeping this melancholy picture by his bedside as long as he lived to remind him of his mortality footnote. it was from this picture his stone effigy was constructed for his tomb in old st paul's this mutilated figure which withstood the great fire of london is still preserved in the crypt of the present cathedral End of footnote. young even in his garden had his conceits of death at the end of an avenue was viewed a seat of an admirable chiaroscuro which when approached presented only a painted surface with an inscription alluding to the deception of the things of this world to be looking at the mirror which flatters not to discover ourselves only as a skeleton with the horrid life of corruption about us has been among those penitential inventions which have often ended in shaking the innocent by the pangs which are only natural to the damned footnote a still more curious fashion in this taste for mortuary memorials originated at the court of henry the second of france whose mistress diana of poitiers being a widow 
mourning colours of black and white became the fashion at court watches in the form of skulls were worn jewels and pendants in the shape of coffins and rings decorated with skulls and skeletons End of footnote without adverting to those numerous testimonies the diaries of fanatics i shall offer a picture of an accomplished and innocent lady in a curious and unaffected transcript she has left of a mind of great sensibility where the preternatural terror of death might perhaps have hastened the premature one she suffered from the reliquiae jethinani footnote my discovery of the nature of this rare volume of what is original and what collected will be found in volume two of this work End of footnote. i quote some of lady gethin's ideas on death the very thoughts of death disturb one's reason and though a man may have many excellent qualities yet he may have the weakness of not commanding his sentiments nothing is worse for one's health than to be in fear of death there are some so wise as neither to hate nor fear it but for my part i have an aversion for it and with reason for it is a rash inconsiderate thing that always comes before it is looked for always comes unseasonably parts friends ruins beauty laughs at youth and draws a dark veil over all the pleasures of life this dreadful evil is but the evil of a moment and what we cannot by any means avoid and it is that which makes it so terrible to me for were it uncertain hope might diminish some part of the fear but when i think i must die and that i may die every moment and that too a thousand several ways i am in such a fright as you cannot imagine i see dangers where perhaps there never were any i am persuaded tis happy to be somewhat dull of apprehension in this case and yet the best way to cure the pensiveness of the thoughts of death is to think of it as little as possible she proceeds by enumerating the terrors of the fearful who cannot enjoy themselves in the pleasantest places and although they are neither on sea river or creek but in good health in their chamber yet are they so well instructed with the fear of dying that they do not measure it only by the present dangers that wait on us then is it not best to submit to god but some people cannot do it as they would and though they are not destitute of reason but perceive they are to blame yet at the same time that their reason condemns them their imagination makes their hearts feel what it pleases such is the picture of an ingenious and a religious mind drawn by an amiable woman who it is evident lived always in the fear of death the gothic skeleton was ever haunting her imagination in dr johnson the same horror was suggested by the thoughts of death when boswell once in conversation persecuted johnson on this subject whether we might not fortify our minds for the approach of death he answered in a passion no sir let it alone it matters not how a man dies but how he lives the art of dying is not of importance it lasts so short a time but when boswell persisted in the conversation johnson was thrown into such a state of agitation that he thundered out give us no more of this and further sternly told the trembling and too curious philosopher don't let us meet to-morrow
it may be a question whether those who by their preparatory conduct have appeared to show the greatest indifference for death have not rather betrayed the most curious art to disguise its terrors some have invented a mode of escaping from life in the midst of convivial enjoyment a mortuary preparation of this kind has been recorded of an amiable man moncrief the author of histoire des chats and l'art de plaire by his literary friend laplace who was an actor in as well as the historian of the singular narrative one morning laplace received a note from moncrief requesting that he would immediately select for him a dozen volumes most likely to amuse and of a nature to withdraw the reader from being occupied by melancholy thoughts laplace was startled at the unusual request and flew to his old friend whom he found deeply engaged in being measured for a new peruke and a taffety robe de chambre earnestly enjoining the utmost expedition shut the door said moncrief observing the surprise of his friend and now that we are alone i confide my secret on rising this morning my valet in dressing me showed me on this leg this dark spot from that moment i knew i was condemned to death but i had presence of mind enough not to betray myself can a head so well organized as yours imagine that such a trifle is a sentence of death don't speak so loud my friend or rather deign to listen a moment at my age it is fatal the system from which i have derived the felicity of a long life has been that whenever any evil moral or physical happens to us if there is a remedy all must be sacrificed to deliver us from it but in a contrary case i do not choose to wrestle with destiny and to begin complaints endless as useless all that i request of you my friend is to assist me to pass away the few days which remain for me free from all cares of which otherwise they might be too susceptible but do not think he added with warmth that i mean to elude the religious duties of a citizen which so many of late affect to contemn the good and virtuous curate of my parish is coming here under the pretext of an annual contribution and i have even ordered my physician on whose confidence i can rely here is a list of ten or twelve persons friends beloved who are mostly known to you i shall write to them this evening to tell them of my condemnation but if they wish me to live they will do me the favour to assemble here at five in the evening where they may be certain of finding all those objects of amusement which i shall study to discover suitable to their tastes and you my old friend with my doctor are two on whom i most depend laplace was strongly affected by this appeal neither socrates nor cato nor seneca looked more serenely on the approach of death familiarize yourself early with death said the good old man with a smile it is only dreadful for those who dread it during ten days after this singular conversation the whole of moncrief's remaining life his apartment was open to his friends of whom several were ladies all kinds of games were played till nine o'clock and that the sorrows of the host might not disturb his guests he played the chouette as his favourite game of piquet a supper seasoned by the wit of the master concluded at eleven 
on the tenth night in taking leave of his friend moncrief whispered to him adieu my friend to-morrow morning i shall return your books he died as he foresaw the following day i have sometimes thought that we might form a history of this fear of death by tracing the first appearances of the skeleton which haunts our funereal imagination in the modern history of mankind we might discover some very strong contrasts in the notion of death entertained by men at various epochs the following article will supply a sketch of this kind End of section twenty four